Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of A Serving of Wisdom. We've got episode six today. Uh, I guess in the last few episodes we've covered uh, the, some of the foundational stuff and we're really going to start putting it to practice, I think. We'll definitely have another recipe at the end and even our first listener question uh, of the series ever. And we'll get yeah, to that. big day. Right, <laughs> we'll get to that as well. Um, my name is Rob and my co-host as always is Adelie. Hi. And um, Adelie, you've got some big news for us today on the on the podcast. You recently uh, changed some certification statuses, right? Right, right. I've got some fancy letters to add to the end of my name now. So I'm officially certified as a nutrition nutritional therapy practitioner, or an NTP. Right. Which basically means that uh, people need to listen to me now when I give nutritional advice because I've actually got some knowledge to back it up that has a, cert- a certificate to prove it yeah you've got the letters to uh to bring the power with the words yeah so mm-hmm. it basically means like i can help people understand better like what foods they should be eating and the foods that are right for their bodies and their lifestyle and like different ways to prepare food and everything that goes along with that so right we'll yeah. definitely see about getting some services going or see about some ways to incorporate that here into the to the episodes and things as we go um other other news i guess is that we are officially on itunes um thanks to adelie's hard work as well we have yeah. made it and we've got a logo with a delicious steak and a brussels sprout and uh get on itunes and leave us leave us a review um share it with uh with the people and folks and spread the wisdom yeah and i think it's also on stitcher as well as what's the other one pocket cast if you don't use iTunes. You can pretty much find it anywhere you find podcasts. So yeah, subscribe, leave reviews, tell your friends, everything. We're out there. We're out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess we should just talk a little bit about kind of uh, the last few episodes. Um, not to make it a habit of it, but since we talked about such foundational things, um, we you know we started with just breaking down the macronutrients uh, with protein, fats, and carbs. And talked about sort of how to get good sources of of the three macros and um, how to uh, how to use it in some recipes and I don't know just some musings about the health benefits and the common misconceptions that surround those. Um, and then let's see, after that we had a micronutrient episode to kind of fill in some of the gaps. And I think we're in a a pretty good spot here to kind of look at everything and. Um, and think about like how we would go about a day, or like what would a uh, what would a typical day be? You know, trying to yeah, be definitely. nutritionally aware. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to those first few episodes, it might be good to go back just to get your foundations, because from here on out, we're going to be kind of addressing those things as if you know about them and have some knowledge already. About yeah, them. definitely. But... I feel like once we get our once we get our knowledge kind of more cemented. We, we could probably do some recaps and... Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, and, there's always more to add, but those are just kind of the basics of everything. But yeah, I, th- I think those first few episodes are going to be foundational for sure. Right. Uh, so Yeah, so so now that we have all this knowledge of macros and micros, like, how do you put it into practice? How do you actually live this as a lifestyle instead of just, like, on paper? So, I don't know, what do you, what would you say, Rob? How do you how do you start out your day normally? Uh, so, you want to... I guess normally we'd start out with bacon and eggs. That's going to be my go-to all the time. The idea, also uh, keep this in mind when kind of planning a day of meals or uh, uh, any meal, is that kind of the 
if the preparation part is too much, uh, eating the same thing or having your meals planned out ahead of time can really help it help it go faster. So you can like bake some bacon in the oven rather than cook it on the stovetop and have some bacon ready to go and cook some over easy eggs. Uh, right. I guess normally have a cup of coffee with that, with those bacon and eggs. As far as serving size, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a little over 220 pounds. So probably I normally eat like three or four pieces of bacon and like a several eggs over easy. I, I believe I've, uh, read and learned that, you know, keeping the yolks uncooked is better for the, uh, the proteins. Yeah. They're not, you know, broken down or denatured as much. And yeah, I feel like at first I was a little squeamish to those runny egg yolks, but once you get used to it, it's really delicious like that. Yeah. And like eggs are eggs and bacon or some other protein is a really good way to start out your day just because it gives you like the protein and the fat along with it to just keep you full and energized versus like a breakfast cereal or something that's just, you're just going to burn through instantly and then be hungry again. Yeah, the list of what to have for breakfast is a lot shorter than the list of what not to have. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of that, that breakfast stuff that you'd think of stereotypical early morning foods that are not ideal at all. Yeah, basically scratch all those. And it's good, like eggs are pretty much like my go-to. Like have eggs on hand all the time. Like they make a perfect breakfast and or even, you know, a quick lunch or dinner if you need something like that. But like eggs are something just have on hand. And like, again, as always, like know where you're getting your eggs from. Like you want some that are like pastured chickens with a like bright, vibrant yellow yolk that's going to be way more packed full of nutrients than you're like, pale yellow conventional egg right so and, and for folks that don't do over easy eggs all the time the the tip uh, or the the handy trick to make awesome eggs is uh to start your eggs out and um, get them cooking a little bit and then add a little bit of water in there with your eggs before flipping it uh, and then cover yeah. the cover the pan and let it let it steam a little way a little while and uh I learned that from Adelie, and she <laughs> makes some perfect eggs with it. Yeah, and you actually don't even need to flip it. Like, if you cover it with the lid, it pretty much just, like, steams it in there, so it gets the white all cooked, but then your yolk is still still runny. And you, you can flip it as well if you want that little bit of extra cooking if you're easing your way up to the easy-over eggs. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that method also, like, it makes it so it doesn't stick to the pan very much at all. I mean, you want to make sure you put plenty of, like, bacon grease is a great great thing to cook eggs in or lard or anything like that but yeah it's pretty much like the perfect way to make eggs really quick and really delicious and there's and not, like another oh go ahead i was going to say there's not a lot of of variation i feel like with uh with the breakfasts at least what we've been going with it's it's almost always some kind of protein um with some eggs or like some kind of cooked greens or i guess a little bit of sweet potato or something but right, like I like to like like make a whole package of bacon ahead of time so that you can just have it in the fridge and then every, every day you can pull out a couple pieces or the same with like breakfast sausage. And then like I'll also maybe steam a bunch of broccoli or have some kale on hand so I can kind of just whip up the breakfast bowl out of just like out of no time with just supplies I have in my fridge. So, you know, cook some of the bacon or reheat the bacon in the pan, add the vegetables, add the egg and add a little sauerkraut and you've got like your ideal breakfast with everything you need to get you going. Right. And uh, I guess in a later episode, I can uh, explain this breakfast muffin recipe that I've used a few oh. times that kind of just combines all of this kind of stuff into a, uh, a muffin for the lazier folks or the, the people out there with less time for breakfast. 
But uh, if if you are not going to eat for breakfast or you don't really don't have time, um, another way to to handle your kind of like like breakfast energy intake, I guess, uh, it would be to have some kind of coffee or tea with uh with some like really fatty like butter or oil in it to uh kind of give your give yourself the energy and calories and start your day off with a a good dose of healthy fat like um butter or MCT oil. Uh, folks also use coconut oil. Um, the taste of these oils with your coffee is a little bit different than like a regular half and half, but you can add some cloves or nutmeg and kind of uh, freshen it up. Uh, if you really want to get adventurous, uh, the, the best way to do it is to add a, like a tablespoon of butter and um, like the yolk of an egg and shake that up um, to make it make kind of a, a keto or a, a very nutritional latte. Yeah, it's crazy how that incorporates so well like if you just like pour the coffee and then an egg yolk in a mason jar with the lid sealed up and you shake it up it just like makes this like frothy almost latte like coffee and there's not even any dairy in it yeah it's, so it's kind of crazy it's a, it's a christmas miracle <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially if you had some cinnamon and cloves and nutmeg there you go christmas miracle for real but. don't tell anybody i'll try to do that year round though <laughs> But uh, every morning. So that's breakfast, and I think that like breakfast is pretty essential. Even, no matter how you're eating, you want to try to start with some food during the day in the morning to kind of get your mind uh, something to start churning on, right? Get those right. Uh, it's your fuel for the day. Yeah, get those those wheels spinning. And then as far as lunch and and when, I feel like that's kind of always a big question, like nutritional timing. People always get kind of hung up with that, but it's really just when you're when you're hungry. Ideally, I'd say you want to try to wait a while, or maybe even as long as you can until the later afternoon to eat. Yeah, I mean, like, and especially if you eat this protein, fat-rich breakfast, like you're not going to be hungry instantly. Like you might, I mean, you maybe want a snack in the morning, but like if you don't even have time for that, like you don't even realize it, and you can go till you know noon, one o'clock until you feel hungry again. But yeah, that's definitely something that folks will see for themselves eating a higher fat diet that they really get full their satiation is a different uh, a different experience <laughs> yeah but, but so, for that lunch food like what do you what would you normally um put in that hole or in that slot yeah i mean lunches pretty typically for me are like leftovers from the night before from dinner so like that's like a really good go-to it's something that you prepared for yourself you know it's you know what the ingredients are, you know how it's been prepared, it's something you enjoy, unless you've been eating it, you know, 10 days in a row, but, you know, usually, like, leftovers make a really great lunch option, or, you know, even you could do just, like, a salad with plenty of protein on it, or avocados, and good quality dressing, that's another good lunch option, but ideally, just stay away from, you know, going out and getting fast food for lunch, obviously, like, lunch isn't a hard thing to do, if you, you know, take a little bit of time to just prepare ahead of time or plan it out. Right, yeah. So um, I, I definitely feel the same way about lunches being more of a... Um, it's not a time to to get fancy and, uh, and make yourself something new or put a lot of time into it. It's just it's the middle of the day and you need to stay on your nutritional warpath here. Uh, you, you know, you need something that's kind of fast and uh, easy to throw together and just keep it with you. Right. And like for me, for example, I only get a 30 minute lunch break. So it's like I don't have time to make anything or run home to do it. So I have to bring something with me to work to, to eat. And we have a toaster oven there to warm something up. So it works out great. Right. Yes. And uh, I guess a the most common lunch for me would be just 
some kind of chicken or ground beef with broccoli uh, or vegetables with it if it's not leftovers as well. Okay. Um, I guess every once in a while, um, probably about half the time or maybe a third of the time, I probably go without lunch, honestly, and and end up just kind of fasting and, and snacking on like some cheese or nuts or something throughout the day, which yeah, is definitely uh, okay as well. Um, as you get further into this you may be more comfortable with eating less and having your day um kind of fasted out with big feasts at the end of the day right yeah that kind of just has to be individualized to you know how you metabolize food or you know what type of job you have and what your schedule is you might have to kind of work that out for yourself what what is the best for your Uh, lifestyle the the job type definitely changes what you can do what you can take on the on the site and with you and all that jazz so after your um, kind of simple lunch or easy lunch, um, some snack options to get you through dinner. Ideally, we would probably say don't snack, I guess, is as critical as that sounds. There's definitely healthy snacks, but uh, it's probably better to, to put it off and eat, eat the meals together. Uh, there's some benefits to having your protein and fat um, all combined uh, and um, also just kind of the willpower element of having some of a snack and then cutting yourself off and things like that. Right. Um, it might just be easier to abstain from that sort of thing rather than kind of slippery slope your way. Yeah, a lot of it is about habits. Like if you have the habit of always having a snack at a certain time of day, you know, like that might just almost, you're not maybe not even hungry for it. You're just like in the habit of doing that. Like I know I kind of fall into that like after work snack or something. Like it's just in my head. Like I think back from school days, like my after school snack. Hmm. But like, yeah, I probably wouldn't even need that. But sometimes it's just a nice little thing quick, at, you know, midday. And so some options that I'd like to choose would be like nut, uh, soaked nuts. Um, we have a recipe on the website for those. It's best if you soak them and dehydrate them. It's a really great little snack or some seed crackers or some good quality cheese. Just some small, you know, protein fat filled something to give you a little boost of energy or fill you up until your next meal. Yeah, definitely. And not to sound like a broken record, but that butter coffee can kind of come in in the afternoon as well if you feel yourself feel yourself dragging um, and it's not too late to have some caffeine in the day. Uh, the half-life of caffeine is like about five and a half to six hours. So you really should probably avoid it, you know, five to seven hours before you, your bedtime uh, just to make sure that it's really uh, diminished in your system before you need to get relaxed and settle down for the day. Yeah, good point. Uh, but so dinner, um, the the biggest meal of the day, at least for the way that we normally eat, I feel like it seems as though breakfast is kind of big and hearty and then we sort of peter off and uh, snack and munch on some things, but then normally make something hearty and, and big for dinner. Right. Yeah, it usually always involves a form of protein, um, like some great options are making soups in the crock pot or ribs in the crock pot or any other kind of meat like you know, cooking a steak on the stove or hamburgers, meatballs, just anything that's like, um, yeah, like filling and hearty and nutrient dense. And it's great to be able to make like a large quantity of that. So you can have some leftovers the next day for lunch. Right. I feel like it's, um, it might be uh, different for how people approach kind of thinking about what to cook for dinner as far as do you start with like an idea for a meal or do you start with just a idea for a kind of meat you want to eat? Or do you just look at a recipe book and choose? Uh, I'd say that I do kind of all three of those, but normally I make something fast. 
honestly, or I, I have something specific in mind that I look for a recipe on. Right. Like if you're really not, you know, like if searching for recipes or making a big elaborate thing isn't something you enjoy, like you still can make your own meals just like simple and quick, like saute up some broccoli, you know, brown some ground beef and mix it together and you've got, you know, like a filling, pretty tasty thing, you know, like add some onions right. or garlic, anything like that. Like you can eat well and still not make anything extravagant or if you like to make extravagant things like that's great too like kind of but as long as you're making your own stuff and you know what you're putting in it you know how it's prepared you know where it's coming from like that's like the biggest thing for for meals I think and you kind of have to find your area that you can you know thrive in right I feel like my main dinners are probably crockpot meals like ranging from like chicken stews to that squash chili recipe, um, that kind of thing, or like steaks and burgers. Um, I've recently started like baking chicken thighs. There's a few different recipes you can do with chili and lime. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess chicken thighs are definitely a staple. Uh, one that I didn't really eat before the nutritional awareness thing, but they are uh, they're very fatty cut of uh, of meat, and so they they fill those macros well, and they cook really really nicely in most mediums yeah and i feel like because they have so much fat in them like they stay really juicy and tender compared to like a chicken breast might dry out yeah that's definitely uh i noticed that for sure can't it's harder to overcook (laughs) yeah so yeah it's just kind of like i don't know i like to kind of be aware of you know the macronutrients i'm eating i i don't know i tend to eat pretty low carb just because i don't eat a lot of uh things like that but like the standard American diet is like pretty high in carbohydrates. Like it's basically largely carbohydrates. So it's just something to kind of be aware of and think about now that you, now that our listeners understand what things are carbohydrates, what things are fats and proteins and just kind of balance it all out and figure out what the ratio that's right for you is instead of being so high in one or the other. Right. And and coming to ratios, is that's kind of another uh, like dietary, like hot button issue I feel like is like how much protein, how much fat, how many carbs. But the I feel like the the truth of it is, honestly, is that it's like it's so custom down to the individual lifestyle, right. genetics, um, experiences, like current practices, like just so many differences that they're like we can only offer a a, a good baseline and then some real self experimentation needs to happen here where you know, where folks try it and and monitor themselves or, you know, do more research and, and see how their body reacts to different things. Um, right, exactly. Kind of the, the baseline that you guys want to keep in mind is like a 30-30-40. Um, and that is 30% protein, 30% uh, carbs, and 40% fat. So again, that, that's that fat that actually makes up a higher percentage of the of the overall nutritional profile. And that's kind of the um that's kind of the mystery or the the thing that we're really trying to get across that that changes the way you eat significantly when you start looking at that um so yeah the 30 30 40 are you pretty close to that normally or do you vary i feel like it's probably i mean sometimes i feel like the carbs are a little lower than 30 depending on the day but i mean like like vegetables and stuff yeah frequently are you know are very carby which people don't often think of and sometimes i forget as well you know like so I don't know, it probably ends up being around 30, 30, 40, I'd say. Right. Honestly, I'd say that uh, the carbs are, for me, a little bit lower throughout the day. 
um, but they range they range significantly. It depends how it's um, how I'm doing and how many days I'm on the uh, I'm on the diet or how <laughs> if I'm having any trouble, right? right. Uh, but uh, there's some other things after your like regular ratio of of foods to kind of keep in keep in mind or to add to your I'm eating healthy mentality here. Uh, and the first one is something that we'll definitely have future episodes covering, um, but we just like to touch on it real lightly here, and that is to eat something fermented with uh, with every meal. Um, fermentation. Why why do we want that, Adelie? <laughs> yeah, so fermented foods are full of healthy bacteria that you need, especially in your gut. Like your gut microbiome is all the good bacteria that helps digest the food for you, and it also produces vitamins for you as well it's kind of crazy this like organism that lives in your gut that has yeah we need to do an episode on it all later but yeah it can even affect your personality and your mood based on how your gut microbiome is doing so you want to make sure that that is healthy and you're feeding it well and supporting it by giving it you know fermented foods and good quality foods and yeah so things like uh kraut or kombucha or yogurt or kefir or fermented pickles there's so many different ways you can eat fermented food and I feel like it's becoming a lot more popular today which is great that is something that's not such a weird thing to be eating kraut or making kraut but uh, I feel like now that I've started eating it with about every meal like I kind of crave that like sour tangy taste with each thing like if I forget to put it on my plate I'll notice it and it's yeah mm-hmm. like I, I, I really like that flavor now and it also helps you digest your food as well so it's yeah, it's a really great thing to be eating. Right, and uh, we'll go into that in much, much deeper here. Uh, fermentation is a huge thing. Um, that's got a whole bunch of other, I guess, um, evangelists or you know, <laughs> advocates, um, just like this nutritional stuff we've been talking about. Uh, something else to keep in mind while you're uh, getting your diet on track or at least starting to think about a weekly plan is to have plenty of water um throughout the day and actually and I guess contrary to what people would think is that you don't really want to drink around your meal time at least not excessive amounts of water uh, because it actually it dilutes the digestion and uh, you know it, it leads to you not getting everything that you could get from the foods you're eating right like your stomach acid is really acidic when you're eating food and so like if you're diluting that acid it's like it's not able to do its job to break down your food and get the most nutrients out of the food you're eating. So yeah, you really want to avoid eating or drinking a whole bunch of water during meals. But like, you know, mid-afternoon, if you're starting to feel a little bit hungry or you're thinking about like a snack, maybe it also is that you just need to drink some water. And so just make sure you drink like eight to 10 cups a day, kind of depending on your body weight and your activity level again. But just be aware of water and that you're drinking it. Like hydration is a really key thing to your overall health especially on the lower carb end of, of those ratios, um, probably the 30% maybe normal hydration would be okay, but less than that, you might even want to like drink more water or be sure that you're having a lot. Um, mm-hmm. with, due to the way carbohydrates are stored, cutting them from your diet uh, or having less of them, um, you actually store a lot less water weight. Um, so a lot of that water uh, that your body, I guess, could rely on normally isn't there anymore. Uh, mm. But uh, on top of water and fermentation, we've got everyone's favorite, <laughs> the once weekly serving of liver. 
and we want some grass-fed quality liver here um i've experimented with a few ways of cooking it uh having it by itself or having it chopped up in things i'd have to say that having it by itself is actually better um because yeah. i don't enjoy the flavor uh so having it just alone i can eat it a little bit quickly or eat it with something really spicy and move on to the rest of my meal um, yeah and you can even mix it in like if you blend it all up you could mix it in with ground beef when you're making like meatloaf or hamburgers or meatballs or something and if you have enough other seasonings with it or like when you're making tacos that's a good way to do it you really can't even taste it right i uh or i guess recently i made uh gravy with uh with some with some liver from the duck so oh, maybe nice. you can make yourself some gravy um <laughs> Some yeah, I like to see. I kind of take the more extreme, crazy end of this, and I like to make what I call liver snack packs, which are pretty disgusting. But it's you just blend up raw liver in a food processor, and I add like some garlic and turmeric. I mean, not garlic. Well, you could add garlic. That'd be a good way to mask it. But I add ginger and turmeric to it, and some dried kale, and blend that all up so it's the texture of pudding. And then I just freeze it in like three ounce servings. And then once a week, I quickly down one of those. And if you, you know, plug your nose while you're eating it, you can't really taste it. And, you know, quick chase it with some kraut to cover up the flavor. And I find that that's the way I like to do it the best because it just like gets it over with quickly. And I know some people may be leery of the raw meat aspect of it, but if it's a well sourced and if it's been frozen for at least two weeks it will kill any pathogens that's in it mm. so there is some benefit to consuming it raw because then uh some proteins are broken down when they're cooked or denatured when they're cooked so i kind of feel like with liver it's like it's this super nutrient dense goodness that i want to just like get if i'm going to do it i'm going to do it well and get as much nutrients out of it as i can so I've been in that habit for like since the beginning of the summer now, so quite a few months. And yeah, now it's just kind of part of my weekly regimen. It's just like, okay, now it's liver time. And I quickly down my three ounces of liver and move on with my day. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Let's yeah, you might want to work your way up to that one, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we got liver, something fermented, plenty of water. Um, the other thing to look at incorporating to kind of a weekly regimen, resume or even daily, I guess, would be bone broth. Yeah. Um, and this bone broth uh, is super like electrolyte rich. So all your magnesium and sodium, potassium, everything great from those um, those like thick like soup bones and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, a lot of people are pretty deficient in minerals just because the soil's depleted or you know the way things are grown or raised so it's like it's a good source of minerals that basically everyone's lacking in and it really tastes delicious too so. right yeah i've uh i've really enjoyed uh you know a cup of bone broth before bed uh, with a little bit of hot sauce in it or something like that tastes uh kind of like a tea i guess or yeah. you know i just drink it out of a mug it's kind of become a uh i guess sort of a like a homey thing or like mm-hmm. sort of like a cup of coffee or like a w- welcoming thing yeah it's a little bit cumbersome to start to make, at least to learn how, but uh, once you do, you can make bone broth pretty pretty damn easily uh, with a crock pot in, in a day or so, or with a pressure cooker in half the day. Right, yeah, we've got recipes on the website, but it's one of those things, like, once you get in the routine of it and the habit of it, like, it just kind of becomes part of your lifestyle. Right, right. Um, and again, just to, like, kind of, I guess, keep hitting the same uh, nail here is that 
nutrient density and like quality is the overall like the goal of everything here like a lot of these tips and tricks don't mean a lot if if you're filling the macros with um you know like not like very uh very poor nutrition or um calories that won't be used efficiently uh, so right. definitely want to make sure you're you know getting the getting the wise thing and trying to invest in in your health and longevity with uh with nutrition right like if you're before you eat something just kind of think about like what is it doing for my body or is it doing me any good or is it on the other hand like is it doing me more harm than good so you just really want to maximize what you're putting into your body and trying to get the most out of it to be the healthiest and feel the best. Right. Right. Uh, so some more like uh, kind of meal planning tips for folks who are just kind of uh, thinking how to do this or how to start a, a week of, uh, of eating healthy. Um, you definitely want to utilize your weekends or your days off um, for those who have, you know, weekday days off. You want to get ready on those days to cook up a lot of food. Um, try to make, you know, meals like those muffins or crockpot dishes or chicken breasts and things that you can make ahead of time so that when it comes time to eat, you can quickly grab the right thing and you don't have to deliberate or, you know, deal with any stress and the stressed out version of yourself won't rationalize that you should, you know, go to the drive through or have something easy and fast. Right, because you have these things on hand and it'll be easy to, you know, quick whip up a... Uh, you know, a healthy filling thing for breakfast opposed to getting something quick, you know? Right. And then, and then the aspect of kind of having that on hand or getting that ready is by like making that, that process uh, a habit for you. And by making that like an, an important one. And like, uh, I, I find that as I get into it more, it becomes more and more of a priority for me or a given that I spend, you know, certain amounts of the day cooking or certain amounts of time at the store. Um, just that kind of thing starts to become a part of your life to um to eat healthier uh right. to live to live better so it's yeah a, so it takes a little bit of effort but like once you get into the habit once you make it a priority once it becomes something you get more invested in and more involved in like it kind of just becomes part of your normal routine and your normal habits right right um and then some of the the staple ingredients that we've talked about already in in so many episodes um I mean, I think we can just list them again and again. It's just butter and eggs, beef, uh, quality source vegetables, good cheeses, and and healthy fats like that. Uh, avocados, um, chicken is. Uh, if I didn't add that to the list, is definitely a staple for me as well. Uh, maybe some cuts of fish, even tuna if uh, if you're getting adventurous, I suppose. Yeah, or <laughs> even like cans of uh, canned not sardines. What is it? Oh, anchovies. That no, not anchovies. I don't. Know. Or is it sardines? I don't know. Whatever the can, Oysters. the canned fish is. <laughs> I don't know. But, but uh, yeah, like that's another quick, you know, lunch option and very nutrient dense filling, uh, food to eat. So, yeah, those are all great things to just keep keep on your regular grocery list. Right. Um. So scrolling down here a little bit, I think the before or maybe something that people need to address before they can even make this list or something that may be an obstacle in them kind of making this week-long thing a reality is their current kitchen state um, or kind of the the leftovers or the aftermath of you know however many years eating uh, the, the societal way I guess. 
Right. Yeah. Like if, I don't know, the standard Americans cupboards, I'm kind of afraid to see what would be inside of them. But <laughs> yeah. just right now, go to your cupboards, open them up, see what's inside and really look at it. Like if you see some things like, you know, chips and crackers, processed foods, any like really carby, sugary, snacky things, like just throw them out. Don't even waste your time with them. Like, yeah. And all those oils that we've talked about numerous times, canola oil, sunflower oil, vegetable oils, soybean oils, throw them out. Like, they're not doing you or anyone any good. Yeah, those boxes of noodles that have sat in the back corner of your dusty pantry (laughs) for days and years. Uh, Those cans of, like, gross beans and, like, poor source vegetables and stuff. Just just take it all and throw it away. Don't feel bad about it. Don't, you're not supposed to donate it. It's bad for you. It's bad for everybody. Uh, I just think that everyone's kitchen is, uh, you know, every, everyone's kitchen is just full of, uh, of junk. Yeah. Uh, of garbage. You'll find that. Up, oh, go ahead. Oh, say open up your fridge door. Look at your salad dressing. Yeah. The fridge look door. At the ingredient, <laughs> and look at the ingredient list on those salad dressings. Like if canola oil, soybean oil, any other processed oil like that is the first ingredient or in the list of ingredients, throw it in the garbage. Yeah, you just don't want to eat these kinds of rancid oils or just be putting them on your really nice, properly sourced meals that you spend time cooking. This kind of thing just, it kind of feeds into itself maybe, a positive feedback loop in that you want to, I mean, you'll want to to do better or like you won't want to spend time making a, a proper meal that you spent money on and, and then put some bad sauce on it or right. like use some kind of garnish that's that's then bad for you on top of that. And so right. uh, I feel like folks need to really, really look at their kitchens with a critical eye. I mean, harshly, harshly critical. You could buy it again if you throw it away and realize you shouldn't have. But uh, get that get that crap out of there, honestly, on right. a, maybe a regular basis. Kind of assess that again. Yeah, like if, I mean, depends on what you're buying and eating habits have been like in the past, but it might be a big shift for a lot of people so if you need to start small do it but if it's easier just to like completely start over and just like get rid of everything and start fresh with the clean cupboards and nutrient-dense foods like we fully support that and if you have any questions about it like you can always contact us on the website and we can definitely give tips and more advice or get deeper into this but really just like the underlying message is just like anything processed or sugary or full of bad oils or you know, refined carbs or any pre-made meals or things like that, like get rid of it. Like it's not nutrient dense. It's not fueling your body and, you know, helping you be your healthiest you can. Right. Think about your, um, think about your descendants and, and, and folks after you, if just your health isn't motivating enough to clean out your kitchen and, uh, and take some action on this kind of thing. Yeah. Because... Like these things, like they, they seem, you know, your kid of Pringles, whatever seems harmless, but like, it affects you at like an epigenetic level, which is like it changes your gene expression, which then gets passed on to your children. Like it's crazy how big of an impact this can have. But it's like if you eat these garbage, toxic foods, like it's just like setting you and your future descendants like up for no good. Right. All right. So let's say that our listeners have taken a critical eye towards their kitchen and filled their dumpster and wrote a list of some meals they want to cook and kind of the foods they need and they end up at the grocery store what are some 
Uh, what are some things to keep in mind? Just some real simple tips, I guess, uh, yeah. for getting the things and stuff. Right. Like a, a kind of rule of thumb is like you should shop the perimeter of the grocery store because that's where more of your whole foods are, like your vegetables, your meats, your dairy products, things like that. Like because in the center, they have more of the processed prepackaged things. So it maybe is best just to stay away from that area altogether, you know, so you're not tempted by something if you don't have a lot of self-control yet or things like that. But just like focus on just buying whole foods, the simpler, the better, you know, like if you're buying something that has an ingredient label, like read it and the less ingredients, the better, really like make sure it's things that you know what they are that you can pronounce. It's not some weird chemical additive and just try to buy whole foods and know the source of the foods. You know, if you're buying vegetables, know if they're you know organic or how they've been how they've been grown get to know your farmers things like that like the more knowledge the better and like the simpler the better as far as buying ingredients right and no um stay clear of low fat things or labels saying that they've got lower fat than normal because what they replace it what they're replacing is that healthy fat that we're telling you guys about <laughs> so those are actually worse for you and uh probably any kind of like easy mix or quick this or faster that any kind of like shortcut in cooking is probably going to be unhealthy for you right uh so it's like you want to just try to think traditionally like what would grandma and grandpa be making out on the farm exactly um and and, and what would they need for that kind of meal because honestly that that kind of meal is the healthy uh, is the healthy thing and i feel like that's why some of these these older folks are just living into ripe old age. Uh, right. And like, don't, don't trust the, like the marketing or the advertisement for it. Like if something needs to be all flashy to get your attention or have some like, you know, claim to what it's going to do to you. Like it's usually not, I mean, like it's like liver, for example, doesn't need a something to, to encourage you to eat. It. I mean, it's like, or like broccoli, it doesn't have some sign on it, like saying, you know, it's healthy for you. Like, so any of those things that have these like claims to health or they're like spouting that they're, you know, high in this or high in that, like usually there's some marketing thing going on. So just be critical right. of things like that. Cause like, I think I've mentioned this before, but like, for example, whole milk, they can't say on the label high in calcium, but skim milk can because of the fat content. So it's like, you just can't even really trust what is put on the labels. How broken is that? Right. I think that's a good segue into the rant for this episode. <laughs> uh, so Thanksgiving just kind of uh, went by here, and and Christmas is around the corner. You know, families are gathering, and folks are making feasts. And if you've been paying any attention to our podcast, you'll know that a majority of these feasts are awful for you or uh, being cooked with ingredients that are less than optimal. Um We've got whole traditions around <laughs> around these meals and around this this ritual right. of consuming these like dangerous foods, these like unhealthy foodstuffs. Um, you're you're a Scrooge now for not participating, uh, or right? You're yeah, for avoiding like especially the, the festivities. Like when, when holidays come, like especially like the Christmas holidays, like the goodies, the Christmas goodies, the cookies, the candies, like it just like is such a part of the the culture and the traditions and. So I don't know, we need to work on breaking that and not making it something that is like a necessity at that time. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's just a, it feels like it's a given when folks gather, they don't even think about what, what they're going to eat. They're just like, we're going to make some food and they go to their, 
the closest grocery store and make it and and they just keep on keeping on um but to do that is fine i guess but to, in spite of all the knowledge that we have and all the information and technology and like people that have died before us and <laughs> you know in nutritionally experimenting with themselves it's just like i like why why are we still organizing these meals around this or like when when i have these christmas meals with my family if i try to bring up anything about about the health or about the uh like the nutritionally right way to eat um you know it's it's uh it's not a it's not a favorite topic right (laughs) (laughs) yeah like this year i was fortunate that i was responsible for the uh thanksgiving meal and so it i have to say i think it was like a hundred percent good for you what i would say good for you meal you know like we had a pastured organic turkey. We had like Brussels sprouts with bacon on them and like salad and sourdough bread and like a green bean casserole that had some really good quality cream and mushrooms in it. Like it was pretty much like a really nutrient dense, healthy meal. So it's like so you it's can possible do it to right. do it. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want to rely on like your aunt's go to like, like cheesy sweet potato recipe. Right, with or, marshmallows on top, you know? Like Yeah. <laughs> or like the, you know, such and such is famous stuffing that is that box of stuffing with the yeah. gross like oils and iceberg lettuce sand uh salads. Just like it it can be done correctly and maybe what we're saying is that everyone else needs to take the reins of their feasts <laughs> and their meals so that yeah. they uh so they have that minute minute control uh but i don't know sometimes that's what it takes and honestly when i've you know taken the reins that way or when adley has too uh it it hasn't like the meals aren't bad it's not right, like, like this was the best thanksgiving meal i think i've ever eaten. <laughs> yeah it's not like being nutritionally aware leads to sometime eating bad things it's like you're almost always investing more time to eating better right. uh and that's like outside of the fact that it's it's healthier for you it just tastes better uh, it's more satiating and flavorful uh i don't know impressive uh, people dig it uh, the, the cooking so then, and the, the what's your production. advice what's your advice to avoid the holiday goodies you know like if you're at your workplace and there's every day somebody's bringing in holiday cookies or treats or things like that like how do you have say, the, the self-control I'd, I'd say probably two my first um reaction would be just don't eat it like try your damnedest to avoid all of them Mm -hmm. and just know that if there's something on that table or on that counter in the workroom that it's not yours and that uh it's poison uh you know it's it's just not for you and try to avoid it all entirely the other the other thing though is it's the holidays and sometimes to be socially appropriate one needs to imbibe or uh (laughs) or eat something um so you definitely just want to have some um maybe just eat a piece and you know, say thank you if it's from somebody or for a thing and probably just get back on the wagon after that. Don't like feel guilty that you've like broken your thing or don't, don't use that as an excuse now to go out and, and get that pizza that you've been like holding off on just to get back on the wagon right away and and forgive yourself. Um, (laughs) you know, don't, don't feel any kind of negativity. Yeah, like, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Like, that's a, I feel like an important lesson I had to learn. Like, I feel like I was, like, going 100% and wouldn't allow myself any treats ever, like, even on a holiday. Like, I went last Christmas without any treats at all. But it's, like, this year, it's, like, I relaxed a little bit and had a piece of homemade pumpkin pie that had, you know, 
heavy whipping cream and a crust made with lard, you know? So it's like, right. you can't allow yourself a treat every once in a while. Cause if you get to be like so extreme, it kind of almost turns it into like an eating disorder and it makes it like socially disconnected from people. So like if you allow yourself a, like a, like a treat every once in a while, but not like a treat every day, every meal, every time you're hungry kind of thing. Cause then it's like, then it actually does make it a treat. It makes it something that's like not part of your regular regimen. And then like the next day you can get back to, to, you know, eating your normal healthy way. Right. And, you know, some people will even do like a workout or something around a feast. Honestly, they will like spend the day before um, kind of draining things so that when they eat, at least they're like recuperating and uh, getting getting more calories. So if that makes you feel better, like definitely go about doing that. But if not, I would say just try to get through the holidays um, eating as healthy as you can. And those little plates of cookies and snacks and things just to Stay away. <laughs> yeah, like, Probably. honestly, the majority of them aren't even that good. Like, a lot of them are just, like, pre-packaged boxed things, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would just be a disappointment if you would even eat it anyway. Like, if you're going to eat a treat around the holidays, like, make it a good, homemade, really rich, delicious thing. Like, don't waste your time right. with the packaged cookies, you know? So it's like or Find some, like, dark chocolate truffles or something, right. like, like handmade style, like, or some really good cheesecakes or something exactly. like that. I mean, go all out with your dessert or something, but get like a little serving and don't just treat yourself with like a handful of, you know, some bag pretzels that, um, you know, Diane around the corner dumped a bunch of white chocolate on yep. at her house. <laughs> you yeah. know, I feel like that's what a lot of the office snacks come down to, uh, which is sweet and all. No one's knocking Diane, but <laughs> it is it is not healthy. And, you know, she doesn't understand. So we got to you got to speak through your actions and not eat that crap. Yeah, so just, like, when you see those things, like, just think about what it is, what it's doing for you, how it's going to make you feel, and just, like, awareness is kind of the big thing. Don't just, like, blindly walk into the staff lounge and eat everything on the table because it's free. Like, just because it's free, it's not, doesn't mean you should eat it, you know? Right, and if you find yourself in a situation where you already are eating a lot of it, or you just, you you walk over and and eat it before you even thought... Just try to like start being aware or like eat less or eat some and throw it away. Uh, just any kind of like um, self-analysis during that process is just like a good step. Even if you picked it up to eat it and you finish eating it and you think about it afterwards, like that's that's probably a step in the right direction. Right. And like, like, like you mentioned, like don't beat yourself up about it, but just learn from it and think, okay, well now the next time I get into this situation, I know how this made me feel. And I know that I'm not going to want to do that again. Right. Right. Cause I feel like it's not that you're like, you're not doing this for anybody else. Um, you know, you're not being healthy for us. Uh, it's like, it's, they're, it's very selfish motivation. So, I mean, just, uh, be like kind to yourself and, and keep on it. Right. Uh, what, what, what is this episode's recipe? Yeah. So I think today we're going to talk about, um, we mentioned a white chicken chili earlier in this season, but, uh, now we're going to introduce a red chili. So it's kind of like your traditional chili. It has ground beef and onions and celery and zucchini and sweet potatoes in it. So it doesn't have any of those beans in it you typically find in a red chili because as we've mentioned uh beans are not 
the most digestible to a human um, unless you, you know you soak them or other steps but like just your canned beans are not your best option so this one actually eliminates beans altogether and subs in some other nutrient-dense vegetables and it has some spices in it like chili powder and cumin oregano cayenne and you can adjust it to you know your taste preferences like Rob for example you might want to bump that up to half teaspoon maybe one teaspoon I know you like spicy foods but if you're a little more sensitive to spicy foods you can just you can really tweak it to however you like um, it's got tomato sauce whole tomatoes in it and you can top it with some well yes you put it all in a crock pot and you can get this going before you leave for work and have a delicious meal ready for you when you get home or sometimes if maybe you work early in the day and you don't have time to do it in the morning you can prep it the night before put the whole crock pot in the fridge and then or the 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 like food part of it not the whole thing obviously and take it out in the morning and just stick mm -hmm. it in the crock pot and start it and you are ready to go and then you get home from work you have a delicious bowl of chili you can top it with some cheddar cheese or some sour cream anything like that and it's a great meal that provides some good leftovers as well and I want to quick make one comment about leftovers we've talked about them a lot uh, I want you to think also about the food you're putting your leftovers in a lot of those plastic Tupperware kind of containers are not the greatest thing for you to be putting your food in so when you put this chili in a container for some leftovers you should get some of those glass Pyrex leftover uh, bowls. Yeah, really I almost feel like do. we should reverse here and and go back to that kitchen section. You guys need to look at that drawer that never closes <laughs> because it has all these mismatched plastic boxes and lids that seem like they've never gone together. Like really, just throw all that away and get yourself some glass like Pyrex things to store it in. I mean, maybe save some of the plastic ones for like meals that you don't have to heat up. Um, that kind of thing, like just for food storage or for like storage in the fridge. But if you're going to be heating things up, glass is really where you want to be. Yeah. And also it's like, it doesn't like this chili. If you put it in a plastic one, it might kind of stain it or flavor it, or uh, you don't true. know what the plastic is leaching into your food either. But if you just put it in a glass container, like it's not going to flavor or color the container, obviously. And that's not going to leach anything weird into your food. And... Yeah, so it's, I mean, I guess don't drop it, but otherwise it's like the perfect canister to put any kind of leftovers in. <laughs> don't drop it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, uh, so red chili, uh, it's definitely a go-to. Go uh, it's nice, easy crockpot meal. Fills all those macronutrients uh, on the list. And uh, it's what I'm going to make here tonight. When we <laughs> finish recording, I'm going to end up at the store uh, grabbing the things from the list. We actually got a listener question um, a while back, so apologize to that listener, but here's the answer, uh, or I guess we should preface mm -hmm. with the question itself. Um, so the the listener emailed in asking if we could discuss um, kind of the nutritional quality of meal prep programs, and I'm, they mentioned two specific ones called Seattle Sutton and Nutrisystem. Um, so you guys are probably all familiar with these kind of um with these kind of meal plans or like uh weight loss plans where they send you their their pre-cooked or their pre-measured meals that you just heat up in the oven or you cook up every day uh, or even things like blue apron uh that, that sends you food to cook for a meal for yourself uh while we can't particularly 
like comment on individual systems um, because we don't have the time to like delve into them and into the source um, and the quality. Uh, I'd say that it's safe to make a sweeping generalization to avoid these kinds of um, of like pre-made systems. This kind of this kind of relates back to what I was saying with groceries, where it's like it's a quick version or a fast this or an easy that it's not it's not healthy they almost always sacrifice the health to make it uh more suitable for you right and so it's, what, it's adding a middleman that doesn't really need to be there like you don't need somebody else to buy groceries for you and package them up to you and mail them to your house when you could just go directly to the grocery store yourself and then you are able to choose the quality of the food you're getting you're able to actually like touch it with your hand and figure out which you know what the quality of the thing is you're getting and have more yeah. control and over it you know like i wouldn't want to eliminate that power to choose for myself what i want to be eating. now now if, if you're already on one of these systems or you don't have like a way to get to a store or something or i don't know if for whatever reason these are convenient and they're the way that you're living uh i would definitely take a like a close look at the nutritional profile on the back of those packages and learn about everything in them you know make sure they don't have these oils that we're talking about um if you can't find any kind of like notes on the sourcing of like meats or of different vegetables and things it's probably safe to assume that the sourcing isn't what you want it's not uh it's not the wise decision um and and i know that they advertise that they're healthy for you and and a lot of that health claim i think probably comes from portion control um, for folks that ha that do have issues with like eating like just more than they should, so at s at a certain point, just portion control can help you lose weight and feel better because you're just eating less food. So I think that those systems are probably good for that, but not good for a long-term solution or something that you want to lean on. Or I mean, really, I I I feel like this is probably the only time we mention it. I'd say it's an ancillary thing and sort of a an easy fix to the to the idea of this serving of wisdom. Right. Yeah, so like I feel like the main message we're trying to say is like you you as a listener as a consumer like you're smart enough to be able to you have enough knowledge now to be able to buy your own food and prepare your own food yourself like you don't need one of these companies to do it for you and I'm assuming it will cost you quite a bit more money than just doing it yourself as well. Right. And and we're trying to get across the idea that like uh, these companies don't, I mean, they're not in it for the longevity of the human species or like for the health of like a, a human male or like the, for the well-being of a human female. That's not their like board meetings goal, right? They're making right. They're money. They're trying to money. This yeah. Is a, yeah. <laughs> this is a business process. They're, they're just making money. And I feel like um, a large portion of Americans, at least that are eating in the system, don't even realize it that it's an avenue where there could be anything else that's not money. It seems like they're just like eating whatever. So we're here fighting the the battle, I guess, and uh, trying to raise the nutritional awareness. Um, we've got a bunch of different ways to follow us and ask questions. Uh, the first would be servingofwisdom at gmail.com. Uh, shit, I think it's serving of wisdom, or is it a serving of wisdom? <laughs> a serving of wisdom at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, so if you have any questions you want to email us or any comments, just email us at a serving of wisdom.com. There you uh, go. 
or on Instagram. We've got a lot of great food pictures. Um, also under a serving of wisdom. Here's the one that gets you. We are on Twitter, and that one is just at serving of wisdom. So that's the one that doesn't fit. Uh, that's see, that's why of. I was yep. confused. <laughs> but yeah, and then we're also on iTunes, as we mentioned. So look us up. A serving of wisdom on iTunes. Leave us a review, and always, as always, check out the website. There's lots of great articles and recipes that we update weekly. And there's a place to sign up for some email updates and also a place to submit questions and learn some more about us. So, yeah, check all those things out. Give us some feedback. Keep, keep sending us questions. We love to be challenged and try to figure out the answers to them and get to know what people want us to talk about. Right. What do you, what do you guys want to eat that you can't find a healthy recipe for? Let's do some, some sleuthing and, and, and find something good. I don't know. Yeah, we're but, good at uh, tweaking, tweaking recipes to make them healthy. Yeah, because so, yeah, it's it uh, it's worthwhile, right? You get to eat something comfortable again. But uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and check back in here in a few weeks, probably for the next episode, and we will see you later.